is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's Adam, Dave, and Jamie. D-Day playoff challenge lineup or a FanDuel lineup or a DraftKings lineup. Are you ready for some playoff football? We are ready as well. And, of course, we'll talk a little bit more about the 2017 season and leading into 2018. We welcome you to Fantasy Football today, our Friday, January 5th edition. Is there friction in New England? Is your mind blown right now, Dave Richards slash Jamie Eisenberg? No. It's typical speculation and you know, it's coming to an end. It's not coming to an end. <laughs> it's coming to an end. McDaniel's gone. Patricia gone. Well, that that might come to an end. Belichick gone. What? That's not happening. Brady retired. That's not. No, I don't think that's all. Done. Mm. Done. Dun, dun. Dun. What are you predicting for Robert Kraft? Uh, billions and billions and billions of dollars. Yeah, that's a. That's, sa- that's the safest bet that you've made. Uh, yes, yeah, well, I mean, we can start talking about this because this interesting article on ESPN.com about all the friction in the organization and how there's some people in the organization think that this might be the last year of the Brady-Belichick combo. Dave, there was a follow-up article to this? In, yes, in another, there's a yeah. follow-up story uh, from Tom Curran, who has been covering the Patriots for as long as I can remember, who read the article, matched it with what he knows about the Patriots, and basically said at the end of the line that uh, there's definitely frustration with Belichick about the whole Garoppolo thing, but he still expects Belichick to stay with the Patriots. He expects Brady back with the Patriots and everything to continue on just as it has been for the last 18-ish seasons. Do, do you guys have any concerns about Tom Brady next season? Because he's probably going to win the MVP this year, and he had another <laughs> amazing year. His last five games for fantasy were all disappointing. Mm-hmm. Does that mean it's not like he hasn't had bad five game stretches before? I actually I don't know the last time he had a bad five game stretch, but uh, I remember a bad four game stretch. Four game stretch. All right, I'll look. Long time ago, he had he didn't score twenty fantasy points in any of his last five games. He scored seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen in his last three. It's not terrible. But what do you think? Are, are we seeing red flags here going into twenty eighteen? Well, if he has a new coordinator, as expected, I think that's something you got to take a little bit of uh, a look at. We got to see who his receiving core is. If Edelman's healthy, if Chris Hogan's healthy, he's had a hard time staying on the field this year. Um, but he should have Gronk back. You know, I would assume Edelman will be 100% just based on what ACL injuries have been and Cooks, you know, second year with him. That should help. He's still a top 10 quarterback. I mean, if you want to downgrade him a little bit, it, I, I certainly can understand that because we we do know that when these guys fall off a cliff. And it happens to the the great ones. I mean, I, I saw it firsthand with Dan Marino. You saw it with Brett Favre. You saw it with Peyton Manning. You know, these guys just hit an age that they they their bodies just can't do what is uh they're used to doing. Yeah. You know, and 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 I think that that's the thing that uh stood out to me with the story on ESPN was not the fighting with uh with McDaniel's on the sideline was the fact that you know he had Cooks open on the play and and threw short to, threw Hogan. Short to Hogan. That's the play that Hogan got hurt and that. You know, from what people around him are seeing, that he's not as typically confident as you would expect from Tom Brady on the field. And so, you know, that he's starting to get a little skittish in the pocket maybe. Again, you know, you have to go back and watch that to make sure that's the case. But um, at some point there's going to be a decline. And you just don't want to be, from a fantasy perspective, you just don't want to have him on on your team when that 
happens. So isn't the safe thing to do uh, just go and get a second quarterback if you draft Brady this year? Or next I don't year? want to draft two quarterbacks, though. I'd rather just pick up somebody off waivers. I don't want to either. So that means you're not going to draft Brady. I don't typically draft quarterbacks early, so I never get Brady. You know, I mean, the only time I, I had Tom Brady in one league this year, it was a two quarterback league because I took him early. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's the only format where I would consider it or, or superflex. But I'm I'm never going to end up with one of the guys I have ranked high just because that's that's not how I typically will draft. And, I, and I'm just thinking about it now. He'll probably be third at best, third round or third third, third quarterback at best for me. And that's just totally off the top of my head. Rodgers will be one. Wilson will be two. After that, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you, you you know, Wentz will be up there, Watson will be up there. Whether they're better than Brady, I don't know. Um, Garoppolo, you know, uh, Garoppolo. <laughs> <laughs> we have to see. I mean, you know, we really have to see that if this does come to a point where they start to shake things up, then you got to be concerned about what's happening with him. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see how he looks in the postseason too. There are probably, I'm guessing, three more Patriots games to talk about, but. But we'll see. And yesterday, last night, I set three lineups. I set a FanDuel lineup, a DraftKings lineup, and the NFL.com playoff challenge, uh, week one lineup, which I definitely, I will not be leading after week one. I have a lot of players who are not playing this week. I will explain all the details. But you know how it works, right? I do know how it works. Then why would you put guys that aren't going to play? Because I get double the points for Tom Brady right. next week. And, yep. d- and double the points for any Viking and, and any but Viking. You get double Patriot. the points for guys that play this week too. No, you don't. You do if they if, play, if they yeah. win if right. they win next week, but if they don't, and, if they if they win on this weekend, yeah, I, I basically determined last night that I think it's going to be Patriots Vikings, and <laughs> I, I set my lineup accordingly. Uh, so you know, but why won't you just not change it next week? What do you mean? Be, change okay, all right. So here's how it, here's how it works. Sneak peek. This, we're going to talk about this later, but NFL.com. If you play on their playoff challenge, you set a lineup of eight players every week. Uh, mm-hmm. Quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, tight end, kicker, DST, four point per passing touchdown. I believe it's standard scoring. I didn't see any PPR notifications in there, so I think it's standard scoring. Uh, if you have, I have Tom Brady at quarterback, so I will get a zero this week. Whatever he does in week two, since I have him in my lineup for two consecutive weeks, I get double the points. If he plays in the AFC championship game the following week, I get triple the points. If he plays in the Super Bowl, he scores 20 points, I get 80 points that week for Tom Brady. I get quadruple the points in his fourth week in the lineup. Now, yeah, I guess, s- I guess my point would be is why, why would you not gamble on someone that you think is going to win from the wild card round? Cause I don't think they will. I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be the Minnesota, New England. And. So you wanna and, have as many of those players as you can so you get four times yeah, value. Yeah, yeah, right. If they make it that far. Uh, the alternative would be, you know, I get Drew Brees this week. If he loses, I get Tom Brady next week. But then I get only single, double, and triple the points instead of double, triple, and quadruple the points in the three Brady weeks. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, so it. It, it's really – that's the trick about the playoff challenges, the, at least the ones that are like this, is that you really have to pick the games, not just the players. So, so it's fun. Uh, so we'll, we'll give some lineups, and we'll talk about that. DeMarco Murray's not going to play this week. I'm sure Derrick Henry will be very popular in, in daily. He's pretty inexpensive. Uh, LaShawn McCoy's status is unclear. If he's out, what would your interest be in Mike Tolbert and Marcus Murphy? Both of them had seven carries for right around 40 yards last week at Miami. I mean, if you build a, a lineup that you really love on in daily, they'll be cheap. I would lean toward Murphy over Tolbert. Have you guys built your lineups yet? 
Yeah, I have for uh, for the site. For on FanDuel and or DraftKings. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I'm gonna do an article every week on on my lineups, so um, it's it's out there, and I can tell you whenever you want it. I've got a FanDuel, and I've got an NFL.com. Did you guys find it as difficult as I did? Well, I wanted Kelsey in there. I couldn't do it. I just I couldn't get Kelsey in there. You got you got to sacrifice one one running back or one receiver to get Kelsey in. I'm interested to see how you guys did it because I I didn't love my final lineups because the you know the quarterbacks are all kind of even and the quarterback the quarterbacks are bad and the tight ends stink outside of Kelsey right they stink <laughs> outside of Kelsey I just I had too much trouble getting Kelsey in but yep. all right all right we'll uh, we'll find out let's Jazz Dra- King is even worse yep 100 percent agree. So I have Delaney Walker in both my teams. How about well, you? You did better than I did. Uh, I, well, I went back and forth between Clay and, and Walker. Yeah. And Fanduel, and I went with Clay just because of his targets and figuring how the how they'll try to attack Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Um, I I totally punted on DraftKings on tight end. I went with Austin Hooper. Yeah, I mean, but I I, I I really love the running backs this week. Yeah, but I don't have any of the elite ones. I think Derrick Henry's gonna. I think Derrick Henry is a must play this week in in daily. Der- Derrick Henry's gonna be in everybody's lineup yeah. just because of his price and his workload. Yeah, exactly. But I think Fournette should be in everybody's lineup too. He is in one of mine. Yeah, I know you love Fournette and you love him in the playoff challenges as well. All right, guys, let's talk a little bit about uh, some 2017 fantasy football. Here's an email of the day from Mike Diaz to the greatest analyst. Oh, the great analyst, excuse me, of fantasy football today. Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara were in very similar situations to start the year. Both rookies had exciting prospects, but would be splitting carries, limiting their ceiling at least to start the season. McCaffrey, however, held the consensus as superior fantasy prospect. Uh, Kamara was most likely in a better offense, but he had to compete not only with others in the backfield, but Michael Thomas and Willie Sneed. Anyway, I'm sure you remember it as well as I do. McCaffrey was going in round two or three. Kamara in... Eight, nine? I don't even remember where Camaro was going. It was later than that. Uh, and then he was probably dropped as well. What, yes. what can we learn from this? What did I miss about Camaro that'll help me draft rookies in 2018? The one thing I know for sure is that I'm definitely staying away from wide receivers. Sigh. I don't know if he means rookie wide receivers. I know they were kind of a bust, but. I'm sure he means rookie wide receivers. Yeah. Uh, so is there a lesson to be learned? It's kind of interesting. Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Camara had nearly the same amount of touches. Kamara had four more touches than uh, McCaffrey. Three more carries, one more catch. And Kamara obviously had a much better season, finishing fourth in standard. McCaffrey was 17th in standard. Kamara was third in PPR. McCaffrey was 10th. Do you see a Kamara lesson also, to be learned? Also lost basically a full game. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. Uh, do, do you see a lesson, though, to be learned there in, in this? Well, the the first key thing that I can take away and the first stark difference between their situations is coaching. And you look at what happened. We thought Carolina's offense was going to be revamped. We thought it would be focused on short area passing that would seemingly fit Christian McCaffrey. We thought there'd be less running from Cam Newton. All of that went out the window by October. Carolina realized, you know what? Cam just does what he does. We should just let him do it. And the offense kind of changed a little bit and it hurt McCaffrey. Whereas Kamara showed flashes early on, he didn't have a lot of great numbers. He had eight fantasy points in his first. Yeah, but games. Kamara wasn't really a, a byproduct of anything more than Peterson being there too. I mean, there there were two guys in front of him. And then when that happened, playing time opened up, and the combination of Kamara getting more work and just he shed tacklers like they were scarves. 
Yeah. And, he, you know, the speed is great. The hands are great. The fact that he could just break tackles like they were nothing and he found the end zone so many times, that's what made a huge difference. That's yeah. the difference and, and how he was used because he was used in a way that we thought McCaffrey would end up being used. Kamara had like 80 catches this year. They, well, they, I, like I said, they had very similar workloads. How many catches did McCaffrey? 81 have? for 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 Kamara, 80 for McCaffrey, and wow, okay, so I didn't even realize that. But that's McCaffrey also again, there, there was that three four games sample size of where Kamara wasn't playing as much. Right. So that that's the thing. I mean, everything that's the changed. Thing. I, I don't really care about anything else more so than. The, the, the Saints tried to make this Adrian Peterson thing work, and when they realized it didn't, smart on their part to get him out of there and open playing time for their guy. Right. So, so there's, there's a few things, right? There's, he, Camaro wasn't that good before, in fantasy, before the Peterson trade. After the Peterson trade, so it, he had, uh, only one game with more than 54 total yards in four games with Peterson. In his last 11 games, I took away the Atlanta game, just throw that out, pretend he played 15 games. The last 11 games, Kamara averaged 118 total yards per game, with 11 touchdowns, by the way. Uh, but, so there's that, the Peterson trade changed things, and then there's like, we, we don't know, you have to figure that the guy who went 8th overall in the draft, compared to the guy who went 67th overall in the draft, you gotta figure that the 8th Overall pick is a better player, right? Like we can't sit here and say Alvin Kamara is a better player than Christian McCaffrey, but that's part of sports. Well, I mean, McCaffrey certainly had more hype. Yeah, I mean, he was he was the eighth pick in the draft. I, you had to think he was a better player. To me, that doesn't matter as much for fantasy. It's about opportunity first. But they and both we got thought the, the same. opportunity was better for McCaffrey. We did. We definitely, and it was before the well, Peterson trade. That's why he was drafted where he was drafted. But I, I, I think it goes to what Dave was talking about. It, it's. It's the, the coach recognizing what they have. And, and, and you get like to your point, Dave, about the, the Panthers recognizing, okay, for us to be as good as we've been, we have to let Cam be Cam. And so that, that's going to hurt McCaffrey and, and hurt his skill set. But I also think you got to give credit to Sean Payton, who, well, that's the point, realizes that, okay, I, I know what I have here and this is Reggie Bush on steroids. And so let me let me feature him as much as I potentially need to without maybe putting him in some circumstances. You talked about this, Adam. We were going over our first rounds mm-hmm. on the last show. You know, it, can he be somebody that can run between the tackles and be a 20-touch a, a guy? That, that'll be the next step of him, you know, going from, you know, good as a rookie to great over his career. But I would hope that he's capable of doing that based on what he did in college and, and the comparisons. You know, when he came out, he was compared to Marshall Falk. And so if he can add a little bit of weight, you know, healthy weight, he could be that type of guy. But I think this year made it pretty clear that he doesn't have to do that in order to be to make. Well, if he's just getting the type of touch that he's getting, his fantasy production won't be sustainable. Yeah. And the last thing is just the averages. I mean, Christian McCaffrey averaged 3.7 yards per carry. Alvin Kamara averaged 6.1 yards per carry. And McCaffrey averaged a, a respectable 8.1 yards per catch. Kamara averaged 10.2 yards per catch. Right. So when Jamie <laughs> says unsustainable, those kinds of numbers over the course of NFL history have been unsustainable. Right. Like Jamal Charles over his career, I think, averaged five yards per carry. That's amazing. So to say that Alvin Kamara is going to average over six yards per carry over the course of his career, you, I mean, you might be high on something to suggest that that's going to happen. Right. But I think the lesson to be learned here as far as rookies go is, You've got to really consider the coaching staffs around them. Yeah. Like, why weren't we high on Tariq Cohen? He's the, he's a similar type of player to these guys. Look at his coaches in Chicago. Why weren't we colder on Joe Mixon? 
Now, what I said all along about Mixon back in the offseason was there's no way he's going to be the starter out of the gate because the coaching staff in Cincinnati, which, you know, the head coach is still going to be there in Cincinnati, by the way, that coaching staff is slow to give rookies a chance. And even when they came around to Mixon, he wasn't that great. So I, I think coaching really matters, and we've got to take that into consideration much more with uh, the 2018 class. Yeah, and offensive line matters too if you want to talk about Mixon. That's obviously – a reason why. Yes, that, didn't and that's huge. Well. And I'll tell you what, I think that mattered with McCaffrey's rushing average. I'm, I wouldn't doubt that at all. They had injuries on their offensive line all year. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, good stuff. Thank you for the email, Mike. Okay, let's go do some Twitter polls that I posted last night. I just wanted to throw out some players, get a gauge on what people were thinking. Who from this group is your favorite running back in fantasy football in 2018? Now obviously, I know that circumstances are going to change and, and whatnot, maybe more so with the wide receivers in the next Twitter poll, but just let's take a poll. Let's see what people are thinking. Who's your favorite running back next year? Alex Collins, Jordan Howard, Kenyon Drake. Who do you think won? Collins. I will say Drake won. Drake won with 39% of the vote. Mm-hmm. Jordan Howard had tw- had 38% of the vote, so they're pretty much tied. And Alex Collins had just 23%. Of the vote. He might be my favorite running back of the three. My favorite to watch. Just because of, of how he looks and how hard he runs. And you were an Irish dancer when you grew up. Uh, it's true. Mm-hmm. But Drake, to me, is the one with the most upside. I mean, we always say most upside, but sometimes we don't factor in downside. Not to say that Drake has a lot of downside. Well, the downside is that Adam Gase made a big stink before Drake actually went off about not liking have not liking the concept of a feature running back. And now I think he has to like it because <laughs> of what Drake did to close the season. Well, he really had no choice, though. I mean, the guy's right, behind. but now he does have a choice, and I'd um, be stunned if he goes away from it. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that because I think if they're gonna they're, they have to add guys to that position because they're not going into the season with uh, Drake, Damian Williams, and Norris Perry as their top three guys. They're going to certainly draft someone or sign someone. It may not be as a starter, but they're going to add depth to that position. And so what they do by adding depth will certainly speak volumes to how they feel about Kenyon Drake as a featured guy. So remember, Adam, Adam Gase, even though they drafted him in the third round, Adam Gase didn't draft him. That was the year before Gase became the head coach. So we'll see what Drake's value means to Gase and what they do at that spot. Who's got the best play caller of the three of those running backs? I don't know if that necessarily, I, I agree with you, but I don't know if that matters so much because of the type of running backs that the other two guys are. First of all, we don't know who the play caller is in Chicago, so that's going to be something we have to keep an eye on. Second of all, I think the offensive line will probably end up being the best in Baltimore if they can address it this offseason because they have a pretty strong base of guys there. So, and their philosophy is still going to be to run the ball. So we'll see. I think they're all kind of similar. It's, it's, it was a good choice by you, those three guys to put them together. All right. So, so give me a ranking for, for you guys. It was Collins, Jordan Howard, and Kenyon Drake. I don't it's, think I don't think it's it's fair to answer that without knowing who the guys in Chicago are going to be. Yeah, I understand that, but I guess if you if somebody forced you if your boss forced you to do rankings right now, what what do you think you'd do? I, I would go in the order in which the voting went. Drake one, Howard two, Collins three. Um, I'll go Collins one, Drake two, Howard three. What do you think about Trubisky? Because with Howard, like Howard is a guy who as a rookie. He was he was outstanding. He averaged uh, 5.2 yards per carry. That went down to 4.1 this year. Um, but you know we see Goff looked terrible, right? And then Goff gets a new head coach. All of a sudden, the offense is the best in the NFL. It's not going to happen for Chicago, but could be a lot better. 
um, under in Trubisky's second year. And Jordan Howard could benefit similarly to Todd Gurley. He won't catch as many passes, but he could certainly benefit. So what do you what do you think about Trubisky? What's your take on him? Do you think he has the potential to have a, a significant year two turnaround? One that would really benefit Howard, probably more so than Trubisky himself. I think it's possible, but there are so many. Like this is where I think it's fair to say, well, we don't know who his play caller is going to be. We also don't know whose receivers are going to be. It, it's well, almost know, it's know, almost an identical situation to where Jared Goff was this. You know one of his receivers, Meredith? Yeah, maybe. Might maybe. Because who knows if they'll keep him? Why wouldn't they? Because he might not be as good as the other guys that they get. All right. Well, whatever. Yeah, but he's cheap. We don't know enough about the uh, Bears, but Meredith will be there. Fair enough. But I don't think he'll be the number one guy. Let's oh. put it this way: if he is the number one guy, then I'm already ready to let Trubisky. Yeah, go no, draft for it. sure. But I, I, I can't see them going away from him. I just did. I want to know if he showed you enough to have confidence in him. How are Bears fans feeling about Trubisky? It, they hate it's, him. It's got to be total coaching situation <laughs> they because hate him. the Rams fans hated Jared Goff. Right. Exactly. Uh, all right, cool. Second Twitter poll, wide receivers. Of this group, who's your favorite wide receiver in fantasy football in 2018? The first two were kind of easy for me. I went Robert Woods and Corey Davis. Robert Woods, Corey Davis. I'm thinking, I need a veteran, someone that, that's been good. Maybe people are down on. Who am I going to go with? Jordy Nelson. So who's your favorite, Robert Woods, Corey Davis, or Jordy Nelson? Who do you guys think won? Woods. I'm going to say Woods won. Yeah, he did. 42% of the vote, followed by 30% Jordy Nelson, 28% Corey Davis. Uh, who would you have voted for, Robert Woods, Corey Davis, or Jordy Nelson? Woods. Uh, Woods. Because I feel like he's the safest. Yeah. Maybe they knew something when they signed Robert Woods. I really, I thought that was like the worst contract. Yeah. Right? For maybe, sure. Maybe they knew something, but. Uh, I, I guess my concern for Woods would be if they re-sign Sammy Watkins. Like I, I, I'm pretty sure Sammy Watkins is a better player than Robert Woods. Second year in the system, he could take off. Uh, but, but yeah, no, I thought that was an interesting Twitter poll. What do you guys make of the results there? Not surprising. People are going to gravitate toward who is the safest. I don't think Corey Davis. We, we can talk about Corey Davis's upside all, all we want to. The fact that he didn't come through really even once this past year yeah. is going to make people shy away. The fact that Mariota didn't have a good year will make people shy away. He'll be a great late-round target, though. Who would you rather have, Jordy Nelson or Corey Davis? Where's Jordy Nelson playing? He's on Green Bay. Then Jordy will be the best of this trio. Oh, you think so? Yeah. If Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson played 16 games— He's not going to be good Jordy Nelson. He's not going to be great Jordy Nelson, but he'll be at least as good as Robert Woods. He'll be touchdown-dependent Jordy Nelson. Mm-hmm. He does that a lot. All not right. to say that Robert Woods is all of a sudden a yardage beast who's you know good for 80 yards minimum a game. I think there's, there are a lot of people who are going to shy away from, from Jordy for obvious reasons. Yeah. All right, so I got some stuff here in the rundown. Let's see what we're going to do. We, I've got some Week 17 developments that I thought were interesting. Uh, some interesting numbers. Dave has uh, the top 12 averages at each position that show you what we saw in fantasy this year compared to years past. But really, I wanted to spend at least 20 minutes talking about lineups for this week. So, you know what? Let's go through the uh, Week 17 developments real quick here. I, I want to see what happens with Devontae Freeman in the, f- in the playoff game this weekend. 
because the receiving total, I mean, he had nine catches for 85 yards and a touchdown against Carolina. And they have now given him significant workload in the passing game in two of the last three games, uh, which is great to see. But that was something that's been really absent from Freeman's game this year. So that, that was nice to see. Um, but I, you know, more importantly, how about Duke Johnson, guys? Duke Johnson had six carries for 20 yards and a touchdown and six catches for 75 yards at Pittsburgh in week 17. And he finished as the number 15 running back in standard, number 12 in PPR. He's had four games in his career now, three seasons for Johnson, four games with more than 10 carries. And that obviously limits uh, his his value. Do you think we'll ever see anything different from Duke Johnson in fantasy? Can he, can he be more of a feature back? No, he's he's the new Danny Woodhead. Might even be a little bit better than Danny Woodhead. That's yeah. what he is. Okay. He's he's not going to be a great, you know, traditional running back. But if there's one thing that this Alvin Kamara success did, it's going to make teams look at pass catching running backs even more. Oh, and, even in this way, time. in this, this way, do Kamara. What? That's not do with Kamara. They've I'm telling you, it, people are going to see what Kamara did, and they're going to try and forever. find the next. They've one. been trying to find these guys forever, but it just accentuates it. And nah, you know, you could say thing. Cleveland's ahead of the curve by having Duke Johnson in this role. Remember first, first week one, Jackson he was in the, the slot, and uh, after that, he wasn't. We're we're going to open the year with Duke Johnson as our slot receiver, and he did it in the first week. Played a ton on the slot, and then every game after that, he he would a little bit, but he was lining up in the backfield much more. Yeah. All right. Well, on a per touch basis, Duke Johnson's very good. I just we need more touches. Uh okay, so other week 17 developments. Eric Ebron. Oh, I swore up and down. You got to put Eric Ebron in your daily fantasy lineups. You got to start Eric Ebron over every tight end not named Rob Gronkowski. Ebron actually did better than Gronkowski. <laughs> In week 17, but he was terrible. One for nine, one catch for nine yards on six targets. Does that remove some of the shine that Ebron could have had this offseason as a potential breakout next year, where we could do the same dance again that we did in 2017 preseason? Um, what do you think? No, so, I think you uh, kind of know who he is. Okay, but he he was you know, breaking out. Three games before that, yeah, great, great stretch. Yeah, he did. you know, hopefully he carries. He wasn't gonna, you know, uh, come in next year. Even if he finished this year playing well with sixteen games of eight or more points or seven or more points, I mean, that's just not who he is. George Kittle, four catches for a hundred yards against the Rams. His final three games, he had four catches for fifty-two yards, three for forty-two and a touchdown, and then four for a hundred. And really, we saw Garoppolo throw to the tight end a lot. So is George Kittle a sleeper entering? 2018. Yes, of course. Yeah. Okay. Uh, of, yeah. Also, at the fact like that you'll take him Garcon. over Ebron, you should. Oh, okay. Yeah, but you also have to factor in Garcon, right? I mean, like Garcon that. will be back, and they're they're going to add a receiver. Yeah. But it's nice to see Garoppolo use the tight ends. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster had a huge game. He had nine catches for 143 yards and a touchdown, and a kickoff return for a touchdown against the Browns. And we can talk about him more when we see them play in the postseason, but that was without Antonio Brown. That was that was pretty encouraging. That was a huge game. Mm-hmm. And then Ty- and without Roethlisberger, <laughs> right? Yeah, duh. And then Tyler Boyd and Chris Godwin. Do you care about them and the big weeks they had in Week 17? Buffalo cares I would like about to see, Tyler Boyd. <laughs> I would like to see Tampa Bay move on from Deshaun Jackson. They won't, but I'd like to see them do it and make room for Godwin. Yep. Well, those are your Week 17 storylines. Very exciting stuff. 
Some interesting numbers. Dave, why don't you tell us about the data that you got for the top 12 players at each position? Sure. Well, let's start at quarterback where for the second year in a row, the average top 12 fantasy points fell again. 20.3. That was good enough to be considered a top 12 fantasy quarterback on a per-game basis. That's what the top 12 quarterbacks at the end of the season, if you averaged all their fantasy points and divided by 16 for 16 games, that's the average. So 20 fantasy points was good for for a quarterback last year. Running back, you'd think, oh, well, it went up because Gurley had a big year and you know, Kamara came out of the woodwork and Ingram had a monster year. The numbers were down by a full point, but the top 12 running backs averaged 12.7 fantasy points per game in standard, 14.4 in half PPR, and 16.2 in full point PPR. So those numbers are still pretty good, and, and you'll realize how good they are in a minute. Hmm. Uh, the number two running backs were 8.3 in standard, and number three running backs were at 6.5. So pretty, pretty good numbers year over year for running backs. They were down a point or less, but you'll take it because of how successful they were and just how many points they contributed. Wide receiver was a pretty big disaster. As you guys know, there weren't a lot of great ones this year. Consistency was a real problem for wide receivers. You were a top 12 wide receiver if you averaged 9.96 fantasy points per game in standard. Wow. So basically 10 points meant that was great. Uh, half point PPR, 12.8. Full point PPR, 15.6. So those numbers are down a little bit from last year, but they didn't go up at all. And it's because of the, the continued spreading of the ball and how teams like to use a lot of different wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, catching passes. We just talked about two rookie running backs that had 80 catches that's taking targets and work away from wide receivers on their respective teams. Um, the number two wide receivers averaged 7.9 fantasy points per game in a standard league, so they were only off by two points over the course of the season. Number three wide receivers were at 6.5, so the difference between you know, a number two and a number three wide receiver was negligible. Tight end. Uh, hold on. Let me, let me jump, we... let me jump in just to further something you were saying. Running backs taking away targets from wide receivers. Look at this three year trend. 2015, eight running backs had 50 or more catches. Eight running backs, 50 or more catches three years ago, three seasons ago. Two seasons ago, 2016, 11 running backs had 50 or more catches. So we went from eight to 11. This past year, 14 running backs had 50 or more catches. So next year it'll obviously be 17 if you're good at math. Uh, but yeah, 14 running backs with 50 or more catches. I mean, that has to be an NFL record, right? I mean, you figure that's one that just keeps getting remade every year. Probably. Uh, yeah. And this crazy. is that trend exploding and it's not new, but it's, it's certainly something that is going to be the teams that weren't using their running backs to catch passes are going to start trying to do that more. That's just what's going to happen. And, and tight those running backs are very good in fantasy. Go ahead, Dave. Tight end. Yeah, running backs were amazing in fantasy, and we're going back five years in, in our analysis now with um, what what to do in the first round. It's going to be a lot of running backs in round one next year. Okay, tight end. We said all year it was great if your tight end gave you seven fantasy points in a given week. The average for the top 12 tight ends, fantasy points per game, was 6.3 fantasy points in a standard scoring league. So six points was actually good enough. If you uh, if, if you got six out of your tight end, you really shouldn't complain that much about it. Uh, consistency was just as much of a problem for tight ends as it was for wide receivers. Half-point PPR, the number was 8.3. Full-point PPR, 10.3. That includes Gronk getting 
143, 150 points, somewhere in that range in a standard league and over 200 in a full point PPR. So the position, very top heavy. You know who the studs are. And then once you get past them, it was, it was messy. Yeah. And it's just something to keep in mind next year. I think drafting a tight end early is, is something that should be considered for everybody. Unfortunately, there are only how many tight ends are you going to feel good taking early? Three? At least three. You can make the case for Evan Ingram. No. Not, not in round three, but in round six. That's not early. Early middle. Round, I think round five, like I was targeting, I took a lot of Jimmy Graham in round five. That was like my big thing. It actually worked out pretty well for me for most of the year. Uh, that, that felt kind of early for me because I was always someone who like waited till the very end. Not, not every draft, but often waited till the very, very end to take a tight end and just streamed and knew that I was going to suck at the position, but that whatever, a lot of people were going to suck at the position. Last year I said, I'm actually going to take a lot of Jimmy Graham, see what happens here. So I did, and I was pretty happy with the results. Right. He ended with a, with a thud, but I mean, there was that big stretch in the middle of the season where he was good for nine or more pretty much every single year. I think the fun thing with tight ends going to be this year is you're going to have the three guys at the top. And then it's going to be where some of these veteran guys fall. Where is Olsen going to fall? Where is Jimmy Graham going to fall? Obviously where he plays. Where is Jordan Reed going to shake out? Because you know he'll be healthy to start camp, and I'm sure he'll look good. Um, Kyle Rudolph, where, where is his draft value going to lie? You know who's the quarterback there. Um, and then if Antonio Gates does retire or is kicked off the Chargers roster, how like I, I would kind of link Henry and, and Henry. I would kind of link uh, Evan Ingram and Hunter Henry together mm-hmm. because of their upside. If in fact Henry is the is the starter there, but Delaney Walker is going to be somebody that is going to slip in drafts, and those guys I think are going to end up being very good value picks because they still play and yeah. they still put up good numbers. I'm Only pretty- five tight ends this past year gave you seven or more fantasy points in fifty percent of their games. Hmm. So. Consistency was a real problem. And you'll have the, you know, if Cameron Brate's gone from the Bucks, you'll have OJ Howard getting a lot of hype. You'll have, uh, potentially, uh, David, well, Kittle, I think you kind of will see still at the back end of that, but the joke will, will kind of creep his way into that group as well. You know, somebody that'll get a lot of hype. Um, yeah, I'll and be, maybe, I'll and be, and I, I do think with Trey Burton signs with the right team, he could be really good. I'll be pretty excited about OJ Howard. Definitely. Yeah, I, I think it, I, I was I did a, a radio interview on, on Sirius last night, and they were talking about this as well, um, where you know the, the the teams that kind of invest in a tight end early, you you it's the same argument you have all the time, you know that they're just you end up chasing the other positions, and if it doesn't work out, you know how bad your teams could potentially be. Um, but uh, I I think you know and I told this that we we say this every year, but it does feel like this could be a very good year for depth of the position with some of these young guys coming into their own. Sp- you know, relatively good situations. Yeah, maybe. Man, I don't know. We do say that every year. <laughs> uh, no, but but you know, look, it, it it took Zach Ertz a couple of seasons before we you know we kind of can I think safely say he's among the top three to five. Yeah. Without hesitation, it took Kelsey you know two or three years before we you know now can say that he's done it two years in a row. I I think there is a re- there's a huge red flag with Travis Kelsey, and that's quarterback. Why? Because I don't know that Mahomes is going to be good next year. And I don't know that Mahomes is going to look for him the way Alex Smith did. Well, I mean, you're, you're banking on Andy Reid, though, too. Look, I, I just, 
I think it's reasonable that that there could be a downturn in production. I, I mean, you would basically know what you're getting if it's Alex Smith throwing to Travis Kelsey, right? unless they add another receiver. Yeah, even if they do, it's something I might. I that concerns me more than Mahomes under center at this point. I guess it would depend how good the receiver is, but it'd, it'd be hard for him to be better than Travis Kelsey. Kelsey's obviously well. They, they keep they keep trying year after year after year to find the second guy, and they just uh, they, they just haven't done it yet. Yeah. I mean, you know, Demarcus Robinson, Albert Wilson. You know, they they just keep you know getting these. Mid- Chris Conley was Chris supposed Conley, to yep. be it. Macklin, Macklin was kind of the first guy when he was there. All right, guys. Well, no, I mean Macklin was supposed to be the lead guy. You know, they keep trying to find a second guy. Yeah, that's what I said. All right, there's some coordinator news. Uh, Adam Gase, not a coordinator news. Well, there, there's also that. But first of all, he was not pleased with Jarvis Landry's ejection, and, and it's possible Jarvis Landry is not back next year. And he led the NFL in receptions. The Dolphins hired Dowell Lagan? Loggins? Loggins. Dow- Dowell Loggins to be their offensive coordinator, and he's coming off of two stellar seasons coordinating the Bears offense. He's got a good friend in Adam Gase. He does. That's why he's got the job, but he's not going to call the plays for Miami. No, Gase will. Yeah. Uh, Green Bay fired offensive coordinator Edgar Bennett. Cincinnati is bringing back offensive coordinator Bill Lazor. And here are the six teams, the only six teams in the NFL that the league can force to do hard knocks. Tell me who you'd want to see on Hard Knocks. Baltimore, San Francisco, Washington, yes. Denver, Cleveland, or the Chargers? The Chargers or the 49ers? I, I'm a, I'm I, I, want, the... I want a camera in Phillip Rivers, uh, whatever he drives from to and fro. No, yeah, that's true. I, I'm into the Browns. I would not mind a Browns Hard Knocks. They're so boring after the first episode, you would hate it. Uh, well, I don't watch it anyway, so. Let's see what Hugh Jackson ordered for really? lunch on Thursday. I, I, w- I want to see how they're going to build the 49ers around Garoppolo. That's definitely And there's the so many interesting one. people on that team beyond the players. You've got the coach. You've got John Lynch. Mm-hmm. The owner, you know, is kind of interesting, I would say. All right, it's, it'll be the Niners. I'm just going to say that. Here's a uh, team name Tuesday. Oh, who sent this to me? I think it was Noah. He wants me to sing it. What am I supposed to do? Say no? Yes. For next year, draft related. Oh, Saquon, you see. Saquon Barkley, Penn State running back. Uh, time, time, hopefully that'd be great. All right, playoff challenge and daily fantasy. So let's start with NFL.com playoff challenge. There are many of them out there, many of them out there, but I guess Give me, we talked about this on, on Tuesday's show, but give me your thoughts on who you think is going to make the, the longest run in the postseason, whether that be a wild card team or a team that's off this week. I think, talking, I think the Saints have the best chance to play four games. I'll be right. I agree. Because if they win, they've, they're beating, they're playing a team they've already beaten twice this year. And if they win this week, then theoretically they're moving on to take on Philadelphia. In Not the if Atlanta wins. Huh? Not if Atlanta wins though. Right, not if Atlanta wins. That's been so but tough. I don't for think me. Atlanta wins. But I can't see. I'm having trouble predicting that game. Like, me too. Uh, you know, because Atlanta's got this experience, uh, and I think that really matters. There are three players on the Rams who have been to the postseason. Um, so I don't know. That that does matter to me. I think that's going to be kind of a dogfight, and and that would really change things for me because I don't like Drew Brees. Sure, you get you get a win this week. If he has to go face Minnesota next week, I don't think he's going to have that good of a game to begin with, and I don't think he's going to win. 
So that kind of dampens my prospects there. But I, if, I mean, look, we we talked about this. The NFC is the is the more wide open conference, just based on the lack of Carson Wentz being there. Yeah. To have a a solid, you know, number one seed being, you know, having some confidence in them. I think if you were to ask most people, and I think we probably have the the same opinion of Saints Vikings as the next two teams that people look at because the Rams inexperience and what the other paths could be. The unfortunate thing would be is if the Falcons win this game in the first round, they have to play each other in the second round if they both, well, if the, if the Saints advance. And that, right. that is, is the kind of the, the sucky part of it is that whichever side you're on, Vikings or Saints, you're going to lose one of those two teams. Yeah, I know. It's tough. It's tough. Uh, who do you guys think would win that game? Vikings hosting the Saints. Vikings. Vikings second round, Saints NFC championship game. Why? I think they would build, build momentum going into that game. Okay. All right. So anyway, the Saints are a team that is the best chance to win four, to play four games. We obviously like the Patriots are the clear favorite in the AFC. Um, we yeah, like, but like I, I think the AFC is is fairly wide open too. There just aren't as many teams as you can make the case for. I mean, you really can make a case for two in the AFC. Yeah. Mm, I, and you know I what? Think I think you I, can I, make a case for Jacksonville. I actually, oh, I see. I feel crazy. I think you could make the case for two, and I think they're they're different. Obviously, the Patriots are one. I think the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs have a yeah. chance. I really yeah, do. Yeah, their their defense is going to have to really get hot. They're playing right. well right now. Their defense. They're they're better. playing better, but they've had a stretch of home games. Were part of that factor in the equation, and they're always good at home. I think they're better than Pittsburgh without Shazier. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense is a joke. I don't know who wins that game because it's in Pittsburgh, but I think they're better than Pittsburgh. But um, they would have to play each other in the championship game for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Unless the Bills, Jacksonville's win. the three. Yeah, but I, I still think the Bills have a chance. I, you guys, I, I do know. you? But you can't make a case for the Bills to go to the Super Bowl. No, but I think that could set up a Chiefs-Steelers second round. That's all. Yeah, see, I, I'm with Dave. If there's if there's a team in the AFC, I think that can just annoy everybody. It's Jacksonville because yeah. of their defense, and and they have the formula to go into Pittsburgh and win because they can slow down the Steelers' offense, not stop, but slow down. And they can run on Pittsburgh, which has been the problem since Shazier got. Right. I think they've got that formula in New England too. I think they could do it. I think they can do it anywhere. So that here's it doesn't mean that they're going to win. Brady, but I think Brady, as good as that defense is, Brady would pick them apart. Oh yeah. I, so here's here's the last thing. Let, let's go through every game this weekend and give a quick thought. This is not going to be like starter sit Thursday Friday shows. Let's just give quick thoughts on who you like in each game, and then we'll give our lineups, and then we'll finish the show with some emails. Uh, Atlanta at Los Angeles. Matt Ryan or Jared Goff? Right. Goff. <laughs> uh, is there a, like a 20-point ceiling on both of these guys, you think? Or could, is there huge under. game potential? I think there's. I think Goff has more upside. Yeah, I, I would take the under on 20 for both guys. So we don't really like the quarterbacks in this game? No. Okay. Um, we, lo- we love Todd Gurley. How do you feel about Devontae Freeman? Because he still is getting like 11 carries a game. But will he catch passes? And it's a little bit tricky to judge how good the Rams have been against pass-catching running backs. They haven't faced that many good ones. Chris Ivory had nine catches for 74 yards and a touchdown. Alvin Kamara had six for 101 and a touchdown. But also I think Chris Thompson had a bad game receiving. So it's it's a mixed bag. But what do you think about Devontae Freeman this week? I, I think, don't he's, think a good... he's 100%. I know he's not in the injury report, but he was limping on and off the field in that game last week. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad he's on the injury report, but 
Something just doesn't seem right with him. It feels like he's at best an interesting contrarian play. Oh, okay. How about uh, the receivers in this game? So who's the best Rams receiver? Probably Woods. He, yeah, I'll take a little, just based on what his upside could be. No, I'm sorry, Rams. Rams receiver. Huh? Rams best Rams receiver. receiver. Oh, best Rams receiver. I'm sorry, I thought you said in this game. Um, yeah, Woods. Yeah, Woods is Woods is a little pricey on uh, on daily on Bandu mm-hmm. and DraftKings, so I don't think I have him in my lineups. And then is Julio, you know, good or great, Julio? Good. good. Okay. So any interest in Sanu? So like Sanu or Watkins? Watkins. Uh, I'll take Sanu. All right. Tennessee at Kansas City. Let's do this game. Uh, Mariota, Alex Smith. Who do you like? Smith. Same. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of like Smith. I'm worried about the weather. It's uh, Smith has a terrible track record against Dick LeBeau as well. He does. Like terrible. He's one in three that. against him. No more than one touchdown. And in four career games against LeBeau defenses, he's been over 60% passing once. Oh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Okay, so Smith or Goff or Ryan? Smith. I'll take, uh, I'll take, I'll probably take Smith ahead of those guys, but not with a lot of confidence. I think Goff has more upside. The, the nice thing about but, Smith is, uh, I believe he's the fourth most expensive quarterback and he has averaged the most Fandle points. So I think all the quarterbacks suck. So I'll take the one who's played the best in arguably the best matchup. That's exactly how I feel. The, the one guy of all the quarterbacks, like you can't start Tyrod Taylor, even though he's so cheap. Nope. That you know, um, I'm just worried. I, I I think the weather is the big story here because um, this game is the only one, right? I mean, well, it could be cold in Jacksonville. I don't actually know, but I know it's cold everywhere on the East Coast, and I feel like Kansas City might just be awful this weekend. Uh, but I don't know if that affects anything for you. Uh, Derrick Henry is going to be a great value, but who do you think is better, a better play this week, value aside, Derrick Henry or Kareem Hunt? Better play? Hunt. Yeah. Hunt. Better value? Henry's might be the best value of any position this week. Yeah. Okay, wide receivers. As well as Richard Matthews, if the weather's okay. Richard Matthews, only three catches for 55 yards on six targets in his last two games. Uh, but, yeah, he is a pretty good value. And then Delaney Walker, I, I think it's really hard to judge how the Chiefs are against tight ends. They just haven't faced that many good ones. They give up a lot of catches, a lot of yards, just not a lot of touchdowns. Okay. So I'm satisfied with that preview. Buffalo at Jacksonville. This is the, really the question of the of the week for me in terms of uh, the uh, game. The game for Kansas City right now: the high of 32, low of 28, mostly sunny, zero precipitation, zero oh, percent wow. participate, zero percent precipitation, and 10 mile per hour winds. Oh, that's great, actually. That's so just cold. A just cold. But not even that cold because it's eight degrees in New York today. So it's like if they if Philly or Pittsburgh were hosting a game this weekend, it would be awful. So let's just be thankful there's none of that. Uh, th- here's the biggest question for me as I look for FanDuel and DraftKings values. How do you feel about the Jaguars' wide receivers? We don't know about Marquise Lee's status. Hate them all. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, Buffalo's Cole, really Cole good. Cole is the best one. Keelan Cole on DraftKings is very good price. What is it? Do you know off the top of your head? I do because I have it in my lineup. It is uh, $5,400. Yeah, he's 400 more on FanDuel. Which, you know, it's kind of annoying because you don't get points for every catch. It's half point PPR on FanDuel. So 
you get more bang for your buck on DraftKings with Cole. LaShawn McCoy limited in practice today. So what are you thinking about McCoy if he plays? Stay far away. <laughs> right? You have to. Um, anybody you like in this game? This this figures to be a, a pretty low-scoring game, but anybody you like? I mean, I can't love Fournette enough. That's right. right. It, it sets up perfectly for him. But he has really struggled. I mean, you know he's playing hurt. You know, the thing is, he's really faced... Good defense after good defense after good defense. So this is a this is a respite from that. That's nice. But, all right, yeah. Dave, Jamie loves Fournette. He's eighty one hundred on uh, on Fanduel. He's in my Fanduel lineup. And now he's not that great in uh, DraftKings because of the full PPR. Right. But he's still very good. The interesting play would be maybe the Bills DST. If you're looking to save money, they're a lot cheaper than the other DSTs. And maybe get some Bortles turnovers. But keep in mind, the Bills have been great all year against quarterbacks and wide receivers. They're the same price as Carolina's DST. They're 100 less than Atlanta's. They're 200 less than Tennessee's. So I don't think they're like so cheap that you can, you know, squeeze them in oh, and I, just I'd, deal with it. I'd spend the money on Jacksonville's defense. I use the Chiefs. Jacksonville's defense is 5,600 on FanDuel. 800 more than any other defense on the board, and they'll be worth it. They might be. I just couldn't. I just couldn't figure it out out of way. All right, Carolina's at New Orleans. The Saints won 34-13 at Carolina and 31-21 at home in Week 13. We've had a good game and a bad game from Breeze. A good game and a bad game from Newton. Christian McCaffrey's been good as a receiver in both games. Kamara had two big games. Mark Ingram did well at home. Did not do well in uh, in the on the road. Uh, so I, I gave yeah. you what their DraftKings points were if you want it. Uh, that's okay. I think we'll try to speed it up. So well, just we can their average. Read some emails. I have both for him and Kamara. All right, fine. Go ahead. Uh, he averaged 19.8 points over the two games for McCaffrey. Oh, McCaffrey. Games. Okay. Yep. That's good. And 21.4 for Kamara. Yeah, McCaffrey's pretty sneaky because he's a lot cheaper than Maca- than Kamara. Yeah, in that format, I use both. That was my starting running backfield. How do you feel about Cam? Can't trust him. Don't want to use him. <laughs> How do you feel about Funchess? Can't trust him. How you feel about Olsen? Can't trust him. <laughs> I'm waiting for David to go, don't want to use him. And um <laughs> let's see, how do you feel about Can't trust him. McCaffrey yeah. averaged about fifteen fan duel points per game. Jonathan Stewart. Just to compare it with what he did on draft games. How do you feel about Jonathan Stewart? Love him. Can't get enough of him. Liar. Really? <laughs> no way. <laughs> So it's it's like the chalk plays here. It's Bree. Like, how do you feel about Breeze? I I just tried to switch it up for the the, the story purposes. So I use Breeze as the DraftKings quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think he's the second best quarterback to trust this week. Behind that, that that secondary for Carolina has just been so bad lately. Behind who? Smith. Smith. Okay. And I think the one thing to consider is that Carolina does have a very good run defense. Now the Saints have been able to run against almost everybody except one game at Carolina. They struggled, but oftentimes that does lead to quarterbacks putting up bigger numbers. Like that, we were expecting a huge game from or hoping for a big game from Matt Ryan in Week 17. He threw for over 300 yards. He just only got the one touchdown. So maybe Breeze has kind of a throwback Breeze game. It looked so good for Ryan early too. It did. It did. I mean, he played. He played really well. He moved the offense a decent bunch, but when he got closer to the red zone, it was Sputter City. Okay, it's time for lineups, guys. Uh, Dave, why don't you give me, we'll do FanDuel first and DraftKings. Give me your FanDuel lineup. 
Uh, so I went a little contrarian. That FanDuel has a tournament this week where you can win a Bitcoin. So I'm going for it. <laughs> Here's the lineup. Jared Goff is the quarterback, figuring that at 8,500 and the highest priced quarterback on FanDuel, no one's going to use him. So I took Goff and I paired him with Watkins and Woods, figuring no one's going to bother. So that's the shot I'm taking to win a Bitcoin is to stack the Rams passing game against the Falcons. Kamara and Fournette at running back, they're going to be super popular. Rashard Matthews was who I jammed in at wide receiver. Charles Clay at tight end. Uh, Ryan Suckup at kicker. And I went with the Rams defense just to kind of parlay the um, Rams factor that I've got going with this lineup. So it's definitely contrarian. It's a little bit out there, but it's the kind of wacky crap you have to do if you want to try and win a Bitcoin these days. Okay. Works for me. Uh, Jamie, your FanDuel lineup. Uh, I went Bitcoin. with Alex Smith at quarterback. Leonard Fournette and Derrick Henry at running back. Me too. Michael Thomas, Tyree Kill, and Rashard Matthews at receiver. Charles Clay at tight end. Butker at kicker and the Jaguars defense. So it was Smith, Henry, Fournette, Michael Thomas, Tyree Kill, Rashard Matthews, mm-hmm. Charles Clay, Butker, and the Jags. And I have Matt Ryan, Derrick Henry, Leonard Fournette, same running backs as Jamie. Uh, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, and Keelan Cole. So I got the two most expensive wide receivers. And I went with Cole over Rashard Matthews. He's $300 more. Delaney Walker's my tight end. Graham Gano and the Chiefs DST. So, uh, in other words, Henry and Fournette, two of the three of us have those two in our FanDuel lineups. We all have Fournette. We all have Fournette. Your other running back was who, Dave? Alvin Kamara. Who's that guy? Yeah, we didn't really know who he was at the beginning of the year, right? Yeah. Okay, on to DraftKings. Dave, who's your DraftKings? I don't have one. Okay, Jamie. Yeah, so again, just for the column purposes, I switched it up a little bit, so I haven't done another one since for DraftKings. But uh, Drew Brees, a quarterback. Kamara McCaffrey at running back. I think those are uh, fairly safe and obvious. Um, and then I went just to get a couple different receivers in there. I did Julio Jones and Keelan Cole. You know, just the hope that Julio Jones gets hot this postseason like he did last postseason. Um, Cole, just based on his target over targets over the last several weeks. Um, Matthews, I just think his price versus his potentials is is worth it. Um, I I sacrificed tight end, so I went Austin Hooper at twenty nine hundred dollars, and then flex I went with Tevin Coleman. Again, I don't think you're going to see a healthy Devontae Freeman out there, so um, his price is is worth it at forty one hundred as a flex. And then the Saints DST. Great. So NFL playoff challenge, NFL.com playoff challenge. Here's what I'm doing. I, I told you I'm not going to be the leader after week one. So uh, my team right now, and you can change it every week, is Tom Brady, Kareem Hunt, Latavius Murray, Michael Thomas, Adam Thielen, Gronkowski, Goskowski, and the Jaguars DST. Everyone in there I expect to play at least two games. Brady, Kareem Hunt, Latavius Murray, Michael Thomas, Adam Thielen, Rob Gronkowski, Steven Goskowski, and the Jacksonville DST. Who's the best uh, Vikings wide receiver now? Diggs. Think so? Probably. All right, I might change that to Diggs then because there's no salary cap or anything like that. You can choose whoever the heck you want. Uh, so maybe I should change that to Cooks. Who knows? But he's been pretty disappointing. Dave, uh, NFL.com? Yeah, so I, I basically 
followed your followed what you did. I didn't follow it. I did the same thing. <laughs> and you'll be ahead of me after the first week. See if you can catch a trend with my lineup. Okay. Case Keenum at quarterback, Latavius Murray and Todd Gurley at running back, Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs at wide receiver, Gronk at tight end, Kai Forbath at kicker, and the Vikings defense is the defense. So why not just go with Brady instead of Keenum? Just to be different? Because I think Keenum's going to – I feel more confident in Minnesota's chances of making the Super Bowl than wow. the Patriots. Okay, all right. Uh Jamie, NFL.com. Yeah, I have a lot of Saints because I expect the Saints to make it to the Super Bowl. So I have Breeze, Kamara, Thomas, and Will Lutz to go with Fournette and the Jaguars defense and then two Chiefs in Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. That's going to do it for our playoff challenge and FanDuel and DraftKings lineups. And let's do some emails from Dusty at FantasyFootball at CBSI.com. Dusty says, hey, Sharif, Mike, Bryant, and Michael. Sharif, Mike, Bryant, and Michael. Just have no idea who those people are. I already Googled them. I can't figure it out. So that – oh, is it Sharif Abdurrahim, Mike Bibby? I have no idea. Okay, the question is I, – I, I got two of the four. I hear you guys uh, saying things about yards per carry a lot of time, and I was just curious how much of that can be attributed to the offensive line. I'm a huge Chargers fan and as a Melvin Gordon fan. I think he's awesome. People knock him for his yards per carry. But at the beginning of the year, I remember Jamie saying someone said the Chargers are, are the worst in the league from guard to guard. Could Gordon not just be as elite as the other top-tier running backs with Lamp back and some upgrades to the interior of the O-line? And are there other backs that could break out on a team that improves the offensive line? Of course, because the offensive line is the first line of – not, I guess the first line of offense instead of defense <laughs> right? for for a run game. And I, I, I think it would help Gordon if he had a better – bunch of blockers up front yeah no Gordon, Gordon, Gordon's fantasy value is made by his receiving work and the touchdowns he gets what would you say is a good yards per carry in the NFL right now four point four four point one or two I would guess four has always been the baseline but that's why I'm saying it right what do you say Adam uh, four four point four point two I started looking at a guy as that's good okay Adam's many, harder to please how many guys do you think average more than four point two yards per carry that were in the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, top ten fantasy running backs last year. Uh, seven, four. How many? Really? Average, how many average yep. more than four? Huh? How many average more than four yards per carry? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, seven. See, I told you it was seven. <laughs> <laughs> but there were uh, Jordan Howard, which we know wasn't very good, was four point oh seven. Zeke was 4.06, and Le'Veon struggled. Le'Veon was 4.02. Wow. Now Gurley was 4.68. Hunt was 4.88. Kamara, we know, 6.07. Melvin Gordon, 3.89. Ingram, 4.89. McCoy, under 4, 3.97. Fournette, under 4, 3.88. And then once you start getting past some of those guys, it's kind of up and down. Who was the worst, Fournette, at 3.88? Fournette and Gordon were a tenth of of uh, Yard and McCoy. Yeah. They were 3. So they were pretty close to 4. Oh no, I'm sorry. Fournette was the Fournette not take McCoy out there. Fournette and and Gordon 3.88 and 3.89. Yeah. And and uh offensive line is a huge part of it. There's there's no question. <laughs> right. And I think it, Jacksonville's offensive line can get better this offseason. Yeah. Uh, let me read an email. This will be our last one. Lance from uh Central Washington. Adam, I know you're dogging on my boy Jordan Howard, but I kind of have to keep him at this price, right? $200 PPR league. 
Uh, by the way, I don't think the answer is absolutely yes here. Melvin Gordon at 15. Pick three to keep. Melvin Gordon at 15. Jordan Howard at 11. Dalvin Cook at 28. Marlon Mack at 5. Carson Wentz at 8. Zach Ertz at 11. So we got Gordon at, wow. or in order of price, Dalvin Cook at 28. Melvin Gordon at 15. Jordan Howard and Zach Ertz at 11. Uh, Carson Wentz at 8. And Marlon Mack at 5. Two hundred. keeping two? Three. Keep three in PPR. And I think Ertz and Melvin Gordon have to be kept at those prices. And Howard. I think it has to be Howard over Wentz. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I hope you have time to decide because if Dalvin Cook is healthy, he, he to me he's worth seventeen more dollars than Howard in two hundred dollar budget. You know, he he didn't catch a ton of passes when he did play. Yeah, I want to say he was on pace for maybe two and a half catches a game. It's probably more than Howard, though, but not much more. But again, if he gets the right coach in there. True. Yeah, no, Howard's definitely fine at $11. Good, great value for him. Okay, guys, thank you, Dave and Jamie. Thank you all for listening. Have a great weekend. Enjoy some football. Hey, congratulations to you for being nominated for Podcast Host of the Year. Yeah. Congratulations to our podcast for being nominated for Best Podcast. For the FSTA. That's the exciting one. So good for us. Let's win it. All right. All right. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. I'm done. I, my outro sucked. I'm not going to win post of the year. Bye. Bye.